Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art available in comics. We'll talk to creators, hear about their inspiration and creative process, and then we'll read their comic and discuss it together. We hope you'll join us on this journey into some incredible comics and find some new favorites along the way. It's 2020 and Indie Comics is back. I am your faithful host, Maddie, and I've got... Oh, uh, Dave Tigerman-Smith. And Brandon Riggins. And we have an amazing, awesome, spectacular guest in this new year. Um, would you like to introduce yourself, Ed? Yes. Uh, I'm Ed Cannell. I'm one of the uh, co-creators, uh, co-writers behind Invasion from Planet Russeltopia. Uh, the other being uh, Matt Enton, who could not be here today because he's just getting back from his Australian vacation, which, um, as you can imagine, was not as relaxing and, uh, as it as it might have been. Yeah, that's so rough. I'm glad he's making it back okay, at least. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are super stoked to talk about Invasion of Planet Wrestletopia, which is like maybe the coolest comic book title I have ever heard. <laughs> um, what uh, to start though? Kind of what got you into comics? Where did you get your start with this medium? Um, so, I, you know, I I loved comic books and professional wrestling as a kid. I was particularly obsessed with professional wrestling, but I really abandoned both of those pursuits. Uh, you know, when I was fairly young, right? And I, I kind of devoted my life, I suppose, or most of my professional life to video games. Uh, our, our day jobs, Matt and I, is we work as video game writers hmm. and have been doing that for quite a long time. Um, the reason we got into comics was really because of Invasion from Planet Russeltopia. Um, we had... Uh, been writing together and coming up with stories and, and, and for, for, for other mediums. And what we decided, you know, what we came around to thinking was, you know, Vision of Planet Russeltopia was a story that we just did not want to let die mm. on some crap heap. And we thought, you know, at least with comic books, it's somewhat accessible. You know, we, we, we could pay some really talented artists to, to, to draw it for it and write the scripts and at least put it out there in the world. So that it exists, and um, and that's been it's been really really exciting, and it's also gotten me reacquainted with comic books. Like I, I spent the last couple of years really just filling in all the gaps in my my knowledge and 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 reading lots of comics. And now I have a pull list, and I oh. and my the guy at the comic book shop uh, knows who I am, and um, it's been really really great. But I I, I have not been yeah I, I spent decades away from the medium. You know, and it, it's it's this title that brought me back. That's when you know that you're in good. Like when you're at Cheers level with a local comic book shop, and everybody <laughs> knows your name. You're you're set. Yeah. You come in every Wednesday or whenever you can. Um, what? Uh, why comics? Why this medium for this story? Well, a couple of reasons. I mean, again, to be completely honest, to animate something or, or to to shoot a pilot or or, or anything like that is. It takes a, and video games, which we know well, like it, it takes a ton of money and a ton of people. Comic books, it's it's more accessible uh, from a cost point of view, but also it's um, 
As video game writers, what we loved about it is that it is a linear medium, right? <laughs> You're dealing with a small group of artists instead of like 25 artists. Yeah. Right. Um, and it, and it's been so, it, it's been so great. Like we love video games, but this has been so less sort of complex. There's no branching narratives. Um, you know, there's no sort of player input, you know, to change things or, or, or to have to take into account. So it's, yeah. And then, you know, it's just, it's just, there's no real filter between us and audience. We just, because we're we self-financed. I mean, we have a publisher now in, in Starburns Industries Press, but um, we've just been able to kind of do whatever we want, which again, for a work for hire writer, is uh, it's a, you know, it's intoxicating. That's wonderful. I'll, I'll have to say, I really can't wait for the musical uh, musical to come out. <laughs> um, so, so oh, well. on that note, what? Uh, you may who, be waiting a while. Who? Who influenced you uh, with your writing and the the art of the book and everything so forth? Um, so Matt and I have collaborated together a lot on different projects. We worked on a lot of the same video games together. We worked on some other projects together. And I really love working with Matt. And we have, I think, um, we, we kind of specialize in comedy, we, we, even with the video games and other stuff we've done. So working with him has been really, really, it's been really, 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 really fun. I'm not sure that I could pinpoint like any one particular like writer uh, that I think like, oh, I, I, you know, am heavily influenced by his sort of humor, humor writing. Um, uh, with, with the artist, it was really, it was really like, um, well, we're going to, uh, qualifications for an artist was someone who would return our email and would accept our money to draw. <laughs> <laughs> and we found Dan Scotty, who was the first artist to work on it. And he was, um, you know, not necessarily what I had in mind, but he was just absolutely great. And then we've got Kendall Good working on issues, you know, the four through six, the latter half of the miniseries. And he's, he's also fantastic. So, um, it, it's just, I, we just got really, really lucky. And, and Marissa Louise did the colors for the first three, you know, it's, uh, then Jason Lewis for number four, Geo Butler for five and six. And then the letterers were this a studio, um, a larger world studios did the lettering for the first three. And the, the, the four through six is Sal Cipriano. He's, uh, all professionals, um, and, you know, and, and the comic book looks great, and that's yeah. The art in here is incredible. It's got a very unique style and color, and yeah, I really loved it, especially the uh, the the feel of the book. Uh, I actually do have a lot of experience of uh, wrestling. Oh, cool! Yeah, so He's I our resident. Yeah, okay. I was a pro wrestler for uh, fifteen years on and off. Oh wow! All right. So uh, there, the, I, I love how you use a lot of the, the jargon in there. Yeah, we did a lot of research, of course, and um, it was something that I was again. I was I was super obsessed with as a kid, mm. uh, to the point where I would like read back issues, and I had an entire wall just covered in like magazine clippings and posters. And awesome. I was lucky to you know, growing up in Portland, we had our own um, old wrestling territory, the you know Pacific Northwest Wrestling. It was under the the NWA sort of. Uh, oligarchy and uh and uh yeah i I, um 
I was never athletic enough to give it a try, <laughs> but but I was always a I was a, a big fan up until again you know a, a point where I drifted away. Uh, it sounds like you really uh, came into that wrestling thing. You really brought it back to your childhood. You really got to tell the story you wanted to tell. But is that what inspired you, or what, what else would you say would inspire you to uh, make this comic? I would say it's definitely a love letter for both. So I'm a little older than Matt, and for me, a, a big part of this is that it's a love letter to those old territory days in the 80s um matt and then then for matt so the the story jumps forward in time we start in the 80s and we go you know 15 years to 1999 which i think is more like attitude era and um, that era has a special place in matt's heart especially and uh, so it's yeah definitely partly a love letter from us to the wrestling of our of our younger days and again, the story was one that we just um, found ourselves just just passionate about wanting to to bring into this world in some form other than like a script, which mm-hmm. nobody, not even like your parents, want to read the script. <laughs> <laughs> what what is it about the story that you really wanted to tell? Like, what compelled you to to make sure that this got out? I think it's just you know, it, <laughs> it's a unique concept. It's probably like the coolest concept that we've ever come ever quite come with. And I was like, you know, we just, we just kind of put this out there almost before, like a little bit like before somebody else does, before somebody else thinks of this and then, then we, we kick ourselves. I also, I, we're just so excited to tell it. And part of it also is, you know, Matt and I do a lot of writing for video games, which is a, a fun day job. It's fulfilling, but it's also, um, it, 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 you know, we as writers for video games, it's it's not always the most important part of the game, or, or as important as as writers are to other mediums, you know, like television or something like that. And and I, you know, sometimes you get some really good reviews for your writing, uh, but but it would obviously be overshadowed by the video game, which makes sense because the, the the game is more important. But or or people you work really hard on a project to do your the best writing you could do for a game. Nobody pays any attention to it. Um, what studio for, do you work for? Uh, I, as freelancers, we, we so you kind of bounce we, around. Yeah, so I worked for Ubisoft. I worked for Telltale Games in nice. their early. Um, I, right now, I have clients in uh, uh, Five Hundred Five Games that makes Portal Knights as a client. We worked on Valiant Hearts for Ubisoft, Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle for the Switch, another Ubisoft game that I worked on, and. Um, it was just really cool to be like, okay, how, how can we take like what we love to write, you know, the humor part, and um, how can we just put that out there, you know, in a in a different medium? And you, know, when people read this comic book and they review the comic book, they're always going to comment on the writing. Hopefully, it's a good comment, <laughs> but it's never over. You know, the writing is really important to the comic, book, as is everything else. But we feel like, okay, we're people can see what we can do just as writers and um yeah it's a different medium to kind of play in so uh for those listening if you're not uh, familiar the summary for this which i love is when a disgruntled professional wrestler dis- declares himself galactic champion of the universe earth is invaded by a planet of wrestling aliens who view it as an act of war um which is 
a wonderful <laughs> tagline. Um, yeah. But like specifically with that, I mean, what what do you hope people get out of it? I mean, this is it seems like it's really for a wide age range of people um, from people that have been wrestling fans for a really long time to maybe even younger generations that are getting into it. Um, what, what are you hoping people kind of take away? So I think the key things that we've heard a lot that are really, you know, I love to hear and important for me is that, you know, that is funny that people laugh. Um, I am somebody who, you know, I don't consider myself to be an artist. I I'm somebody works. I'm an entertainer. And, and for me, making people laugh is kind of a high, you know, um, it's not curing cancer, but I, but it's, it's, it's what I can do. It's what I can contribute, you know, to, to society. So if people laugh and find it funny for me, I, I love that. I think, you know, there is a, there's a story with some heart behind it. Yeah. Uh, this Rory, uh, Rory rock and roll. Rory Landell is the protagonist. He's the guy who, um, you know, gets mad at his promoter, declares himself galactic champion of the universe <laughs> on TV and sparks an intergalactic war. And it is his redemption story. And I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know why, I mean, I guess maybe, you know, Right now I'm 47 and looking back on my life, I, I, I can see I spent a lot of my life as a pretty flawed person. And as you get older, you really, you, you hopefully you really work on that. But I think I, I, I have an attraction to those types of stories where people are, you know, uh, good people, but dysfunctional and they need, they need to, um, they need to fix themselves, right? They need to, to, to try to take, you know, take focus on the good and, and, and minimize their defects. And that's, I hope people take that away. And I guess the other thing too, is that we hear this a lot that you don't have to be a wrestling fan to love this. That's true. Uh, I like, I like hearing that. A good story overall. I hope so. Yeah. But with that, it, it sounds like anyone can really grasp onto it. Is there a particular audience you were trying to write for? Um, I think that if, if, if I would describe it as an action comedy and I think that it's, yeah, I mean, anybody that, you, you know, maybe thought that galaxy quest was cool or Mars attacks. And, you know, I also have some nostalgia for those, those kinds of films. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 I guess a pretty broad audience. I mean, obviously if you're a wrestling fan, that, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> and, um, um, I would like to think that it's, you know, that almost anybody could enjoy it, right? I don't know if it's for little kids, but it, <laughs> it's a little I don't, violent. I don't know. Yeah. When I was young, I played those WWE games and I enjoyed them. <laughs> That's true. Now, now let me tell you, I, I really love this. It was, uh, it was some of the best wrestling writing mixed in with kind of like the muscle type feel to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, do you have a, a new view on comics since you actually created a series now? Yeah, it, it's interesting. Because like I said, I have been reading a lot more comics than I ever have since I was a kid. And it, it is a wonderful medium. I do, I do really, really enjoy it. Um, and I, I guess I, I see... Uh, I mean, there's so much great writing going on and there's so many publishers are really trying different things, which is really kind of, kind of cool and exciting. Um, it's, it's 
sort of a bummer to see uh, how the industry is sort of shrinking and, and or, or, or how, how the, it, 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 it's tough to see the industry going through hard times yeah. and, and comic yeah. book stores closing. Um, probably like my biggest pet peeves with comic books don't come so much on, with the creative side, but with like marketing and distribution. Um, I thought the video game industry tried hard to uh, alienate new customers, and I had, but the, they had nothing on the comic book industry. It is like just insane how how hard we work to make um, uh, buying comic books a chore for people who aren't intimately familiar with them already. Well, I think it's hard too with like you know, a a group like Diamond that has a monopoly really on distribution at the end of the day, if you're not, um, you know, if if you're producing them for local shops. And so it gets it gets really hairy, which I think is a big challenge of the industry. And coming off of that, like for our, our audience members who would want to create a comic, is that what you say was is the most surprising thing to you? Or was something more surprising? What would you warn them about? Somewhat. I mean, there's a couple of things that I was surprised. I mean, I, I said, I, I talked about how comic books are much more simple than video games because they're linear, you know, non-interactive and there's just way less people involved. I mean, you could work on a video game with a hundred people or more, yeah. but it was still surprising how even with like four people or five people, how you, you can get, how, how you can run into production hitches. Yeah. And, and, you know, all it takes is one person to, you know, uh, get stuck in the weeds and everything, you know, comes to a halt. And, and, you know, there are some of these issues took us like a, an incredibly long time to make. And when I see people uh, on Twitter say, you know, editors and things say like every comic book that actually comes out is a miracle. I, I understand. <laughs> um, that was kind of surprising. I just kind of thought things would go faster and smoother with such a, and I'm not, and not, you know, um, uh, casting any aspersions on, on, on artists or writers or anybody, but it's just, it, it's like this, that way for everybody. Just making a comic, a 24 page comic is harder than it looks. I, the other thing that I was a little surprising was, you know, we came out with this first issue. We self published it first. We put it on Amazon. We put it on comiXology. We put it on Kindle. And I thought like, well, maybe we'll sell. We'll tell all our friends in the game industry and that we've worked with over the years and every friend we have, and maybe we'll sell like a couple hundred copies. And that was way wrong. Like nobody, <laughs> we put out this first issue and anyway, nobody knows who you are. You're not a big name and, and you're not working on a license and nobody's from it. Like it would, nobody cares. Like mm. nobody cares. Which is so you have to you have to start promoting to it, right? What was that experience like for you then? Like, have you been to cons? What have you done to promote to promote the comic then and kind of get the word out? Because I know that is something that is a big issue for people, you know, creating their own work. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of great stories out there. How do you kind of break through? So Twitter is we do we do lots of social media and and Twitter has been really good because you can reach out to somebody who writes for like, you know, um, uh, news and say, Hey, do you mind if we send you some review copies? Here's the log line of our title invasion of planet WrestleTopia. And they can, and they can, you know, you can fit your whole little pitch there in one tweet 
and they can, you know, 50, 50, 50, they'll, they'll tag you back and say, sure. Um, but it was, it's, it's, I did not think it would be easy, but I remember like at one point I had emailed like 20 websites to, to see if they'd review the comic book. And and then I turned to my wife and said, well, I think I'm done. I, uh, not sure who else to send it to. She's like, you know, dude, you just, you need to grind this out like every day. So yeah, like almost every single day I am out there soliciting wrestling outlets and comic book outlets and pop culture outlets. And it's been a couple of years, but this, it, it's this tiny snow. It's like the snowball effect, but the snowball is rolling really slowly down the hill. Now there's a, there's one panel in this comic that like really made me fall in love with it. And that's the scene where all the wrestlers are invading and uh, they're attacking the white house. And one wrestler has the uh, secret service in a German suplex. Another has them in Boston crab. <laughs> How exactly did you write that panel for the artist? Um, we those are wrestling terms for those of us that <laughs> yeah. are not familiar. <laughs> well, the German suplex is from Germany. Yeah. It was invented in 1924. Does it involve soup? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clearly a huge was, wrestling person. The whole history of the of each move. No. Uh, so <laughs> our first artist Dan started out like not a wrestling guy, and I think he actually now kind of digs it. But oh, you we went over. Yeah, well, we sent him a pile of old wrestling magazines. <laughs> now he so, has those on his wall. It's full circle. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Uh, so for something like that, it was just like, okay, here's a montage. Uh, while uh, Manifest Destiny, he's, he's the one true galactic champion, the mm-hmm. Russell you know, king. Uh, while he's ranting and raving, we'll, we'll cut to, you know, uh, China and we'll cut to Buckingham Palace and the White House and these other places. And I think, you know, for those panels, it was literally just rest, you know, WrestleTopians run roughshod over the secret surface, secret surface or the cards and not constrain the artist too much. Just like you got your wrestling magazines, you, you figure it out. Um, other, I think the, where we script the action more, a little more in detail is when there is like, uh, a fight going on. So there's a scene where uh, Mini Macho, one of Rory's companions, he is a, uh, a wrestler with dwarfism, and he rescues Rory from three WrestleTopians. And that's panel by panel, much more scripted. Like, okay, he's going to jump off this uh, car and grab a light pole and swing around and connect with you know. It's it's much more much more descriptive uh, because it's a whole action set piece versus yeah. You know, Mayhem. How did you choose which characters to include? And by the way, I love all of the names. I know <laughs> that wrestling has a lot of like fun, ridiculous names. As a total layman, I'm like, oh, it's The Rock or whatever. But I mean, these were very creative and fun and um, very appropriate for each character, too. Yeah. How, how did that work? Like, how did you decide who to include and how to come up with the names? And just where did you get your creative energy behind this? Uh, well, it's. So Matt in particular is very good at naming characters. Uh, so that's usually his job. What's also interesting is um, people don't realize this, but the wrestling industry throughout the years is really, really good at nicknames. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but so you but you can go back to like the 1920s and look at newspaper clipping, newspaper ads for wrestling, and you can come and you can see like I mean it's just all these great nicknames. So you can kind of get inspired and, and, and lift a little bit, you know, from here and there and, um, cobble together 
really, really cool nicknames just by looking at like a hundred years of wrestling history because they're so good at it. That's awesome. So it's kind of like one of those, um, what are the Mad Libs? Where you yeah. take a little bit of something and a little bit of something else. and Yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, there's there's like the Bombay Butcher. So I think somebody in our, com- in our, our editor became the Brisbane Butcher for one issue and um, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. Uh, just, I, I don't know what it is, but the wrestling industry is really good at nicknames. That's awesome. And so are you guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's because we're, because of the wrestling, because of the wrestling industry. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> uh, I was just kind of wondering, you said you uh, started off independent and you picked up your publisher. What was the process in picking it up and how'd you guys uh, get them? So I saw that Star, so Starburns Industries, it's this um, production company in Hollywood, and some of the founders were uh, like um, uh, Dan Harmon of Community Fame and Harmon Quest, and they were really, I think, founded. They were founded to do animated television mostly, and, and, and for example, they are one of the you know companies behind Rick and Morty, the, yeah. the show. So. We saw a press release with like, hey, we want to do published comics and we want to, you know, maybe kind of a focus on um, humor. And so that would kind of tip me off. I'm like, well, this this could be a great match. Yeah. And um, it took maybe a year or two of just sort of off and on pursuing it. But um, I think we, that we, you know, then we finally kind of had, we were, I think, had our second issue and kind of convinced them that, that we would be a good fit. And, um, it's been great, you know, they're great to work with and it's, it's been really fun. Um, and they've got some other great titles in the works. Um, Griffin Galaxy's most wanted is uh, one in particular, uh, uh, long ago and far away, um, which, which you can find on Comixology along with ours. Just, they're, they're doing some really great stuff and hopefully that'll continue. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's a great kind of story of how, as you get more press and as you get a bigger name, you know, publishers that are a little more established can pick you up. And um, I think that's really an important part of the story. Now, where does the uh, the, the story go from here? Like, are, are you guys planning on creating more of this uh, this comic or? We would like to. So, I mean, we've got it was always envisioned as this miniseries because the story has a very, comes to a very sort of definite end. And we, we have five issues out. The sixth one is, is well underway, but it's going to be kind of this monster-sized <laughs> extravaganza. Do you have a like, date for it? Well, we're hoping like February, but it's a 48-page oh, wow. monster. <laughs> so, but, but it'll conclude the story. A heavyweight, very- one might say. <laughs> That's all I got. That's my only wrestling And, and let me tell you, if you guys <laughs> feel like you need the Tiger Man in there, feel free to tag me in, okay? <laughs> Dave's goal in life is to be in every comic book. I am. I am. As the Tiger Man. I. Uh, it's funny. I, I, so we wrote this thing, and it's being drawn, and it's it was so for again forty eight pages, and um, I mean, I mean it probably isn't too much of a spoiler, but but obviously Rory will fight Manifest Destiny to decide what? the one true. <laughs> yeah. So it all takes it all uh, the, you know, the their their bout takes place at this pay per view, which which you, you can see in in issue five. They're already it's called Galacto Massacre. They decided to do it on pay per view, of course, because you know it, it's the fate of the Earth is is uh, grabs. But um, it was exhausting to write, and then um, 
we had like, you know, one of our editors that helps us with mini machos dialogue was like, can you sneak in a, a cameo of this, that, and the other? And I, and I was just like, uh, you, so we, so we, we did that. And then I realized like, I never want to see the script again. I am <laughs> so, so, uh, just, uh, brutal just finishing that sucker. So, Next, uh, but, but okay, then, and then to answer your question, we hope to do more Russell. We have more cool stories in mind for Russeltopia and for some of these characters. We'll see. Um, we're actually working on a different miniseries that we're really stoked about. Um, and we want to come back to Russeltopia. It'd just be like if some, you know, if somehow we could sell a few copies so that we could put. <laughs> So we don't have to tell our wives, hey, can we spend another, you know, uh, some more tens of thousands of dollars on, a, on our hobby <laughs> without, you know, them. Well, Matt and I will have to move in together. If, if that's... <laughs> um, so so you have this other series. Are you not allowed to say yet what it is? I think we're just, it's not, we're not a lot. I mean, we could, what's so beautiful is we can do whatever we want, right? <laughs> Independence. Uh, no one cares. No, but, but it, it, it's, it's it, we're not even sure how to talk about it quite yet, but it's, it's a story in which, and I have no idea, like with Russell Toby, it's really simple. Like you said earlier, it's like, you know, a wrestler, uh, boasts about being the galactic champion of the universe on live TV and sparks an intergalactic war with Russell Topia. Boom, done. Great. And this one is like so weird. It, 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 but it's about a small town in Wisconsin in, uh, 4th of July, and um, and then a bunch of a bunch of uh, robots come to life and start slaughtering the people in the town. Oh my. And somehow it all ends up with um, they have to uh, hold a special election and uh, they the fate of everyone in the town will be decided by an election. So it's literally like vote, you know, vote as if your life depends on it. Oh. It actually like happens. And. At some point, when I can describe it better and I can <laughs> understand it better, I will. I will not stop talking about it. But uh, yeah, it's, That's it's, awesome. it's you know, well, and it's, it's great up. that you're working on new content and you know creating the next the next thing. That's always a wonderful yeah. um, adventure. So that'll probably be self published as well for now. Uh, most assuredly. <laughs> <laughs> well, but great. It, we look forward to that. It's really fun to work to work on with Matt and. Uh, We'll get it. We'll get it done somehow. Yeah. Well, and you're you, the more experience you have together and in the industry, the easier, hopefully, uh, and easier it will get. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your great stories and even greater uh, wrestling names. Um, <laughs> it's well, thanks been, for checking it out. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you. Um, we can find uh, Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia on Comixology. Where else can people get it? That's it for now, Comixology. And I'll say we'll have our sixth issue out in a, in a month or two, um, probably more realistic, realistically like March or April or something. So the six issues will be up there. We'll do a trade. Oh, great. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, and that will go to print and be available to other places. Um but if you buy the single issues, we have some really cool exclusive uh, bonus content in each single issue that won't be in the trade. 
Um, and then the trade itself will have its own like cool exclusive bonus material. So if, if you, you could do worse than to, to buy them, buy everything. Yeah. Be a real um, fan. Get them all. Do you go to yeah. conventions or anything? I, we've been to, so in Portland here. I live in Portland. I've been, we've been to the Rose City uh, Comic Con. I even went up to the one in Tacoma. It was mm. a small, and <laughs> I just um, I realized that we're probably not a big enough deal. To it's fun to be at a con, but it's not as much fun to stand there and desperately try to get people interested. And they're walking fast and don't want to make eye contact because. <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to get to, you know, the Dark Horse booth, which I totally get and understand. I think you guys need a professional wrestler oh, in a costume hire throwing a, hire a the comics Libre. at people. Dave will be a volunteer. <laughs> um, the Tiger Man just throwing the comics, that making people great. pay for them. I just think it'd be good. It'd be a solid shakedown. I am pretty good at throwing stuff. He's a booth babe. Scaring people towards the towards. <laughs> We're available anytime. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Your comic is amazing. We look forward to the last issue and then uh, hopefully the, the trade paperback pretty soon. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining us. And thank you, listeners, for listening. You can check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. You can also check out our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com, for our articles, videos, and more. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell us what your wrestling name would be. The Marvelous Maddie. That's too, like, magician-y. I'm not a wrestler. I'm a magician, guys. It's fine. Magic I Maddie. I think that's a good one, actually. I don't know how too many marvelous. Thank is you. Slim, well, if you think it's good, then that's that's it, guys. We're done. I can go yeah. home now. <laughs> I have a I have a wrestling career in my future. I'm a five foot two blonde girl. It's really going to happen <laughs> for me. Um, please rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you think. Tell us your wrestling name. You can stay updated on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we stream on Twitch. The in intro is provided by Cranston, and you can buy Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia at Comixology, and keep a lookout for the trade paperback coming soon. Uh, so come and join the gathering. Have a great week, and GGG! -G -G -G.